he could not care less. I mean, like, neither could I. The plot of this whole movie, it's like a a dream about somebody else's office politics and I'm <laughs> being told what's happening. He, no, she didn't say that to you. Crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Pass the you heroin. And your, you and your friends are so hilarious. You are. <laughs> Clever what, what Kathy said. Not Kathy. Okay, I don't... <laughs> Never use names. Never use names, amateur. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema, the genre, not the senator-elect. I'm your host, Noah Illusions, and sitting somewhere to my left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. You know whose candle doth flicker with tristesse in the chasm of despair no, as the no. inevitable winter of our discontent? See, please I'm, just stop me from talking. I've gone through <laughs> enough. And sitting somewhere to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I am amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing is how I am, Noah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because because I want to put off talking about this goddamn movie before we even start. How about that Thanksgiving day, which is in the past for all of us? Oh, man. Thursday was- Did I have flashbacks to this movie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell us, Heath, what will we be reluctantly breaking down today? We watched Ember Days. It's the story of what happens when your drum circle at Bonnaroo decides to stay friends for real and make a movie <laughs> together while they slowly run out of drugs and water. So it's just sadder <laughs> and sadder by the end. And sets. All right, so Eli. How bad was this movie? Well, if you love the dialogue of anime, but you <laughs> long for the production quality of a renaissance fair put on by a swingers club, you <laughs> will love this movie. And I do. I love this movie. Boy, did great. I not love great. this movie. Oh, my God. This was one of the most difficult watches I've ever done. Now, we should say, okay, so this movie was written by, directed by, and starring in dual roles, a white dude with dreadlocks, <laughs> right? And and the whole movie seems like a desperate effort to knock those dreadlocks down to number two on that guy's worst life decisions list. <laughs> oh, is that, that was dreadlock guy with the, the green shirt guy yep. was the writer and the director too? Yep. Yep, you could tell by the fact that he got wow. to hold the sword the coolest. <laughs> uh, where the fuck did we find this thing? This was a listener recommendation. A listener recommended me and was like, oh, it's got a lot of Wiccan crazy in it and it's really bad. And I was like, ah, it's not, you know, thanks so much. But we do the Christian thing. And he was like, literally messaged me back and was like, if you watch 45 seconds of this movie and don't want to review it, I will give you a hundred dollars. <laughs> And I and I was like, hey man, you don't owe me a hundred dollars. So for your information, let's do that listener a favor and never tell me who it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I'm gonna go with best worst costumes. Yes, <laughs> so, like day one, the director was like, okay. Uh, whatever you own that has the most come on it right now, that's your costume. <laughs> that's what we're all 
wearing. <laughs> so what we get, it's like part historical, part futuristic, uh, part old navy, yeah, um, <laughs> and part it, it's like S and M rollerblade instructor seems to be the general. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's steam spunk. It's steam spunk is the general theme. With the occasional real person mixed in, which makes it so much better, Ugh. right? They they occasionally they just found a real guy who was like, "Sure, I'll be in your fucking movie." <laughs> so he showed up in a button down and some khaki pants, and they were like, "We're gonna paint your face gold." And he was like, "Oh, oh you crazy kids, Hollywood <laughs> life." <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, we could have all just gone best worst costumes. There's really no doubt there, but he threw his in first, so we had to go with other stuff. I'm going to go with best worst gunplay. Yes. Right. Because John Woo is alive and well. But after this movie came out, he bought a grave just so he could roll around in it. It is so <laughs> funny. If these people had just been using their fingers, it would have been no more ridiculous. Not even. In fact, <laughs> it probably would have been less ridiculous. Because they wouldn't have had like a Civil War musket as a machine gun or a cannon as a handgun. The only possible situation that I could imagine taking place is that someone like priced out swords and priced out fake guns. And they were like, oh, but we we spent that 200 bucks on that Dejembe for Alan to play so that Heath could have the happiest moment of his life somewhere in the first quarter of this movie. So guns it is. Oh, shit. All right. I, this is very personal to me. Best worst memories. Here's the thing. I was never a Christian and I was never really into Wicca, but I was into girls who were into Wicca. It is only by the grace of coincidence that I am not in this movie. Yes. You Google me long enough, you can find me in projects absolutely as bad as this movie. <laughs> Because of the exact same reasons everyone was in this movie. I, this was a, a lot for me. I went through a lot of experience. I was like, oh, there she is. I remember her. I wrote her a poem, and she told me she was in a long-distance relationship with a wood spirit. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Just writing notes. Oh, Eli, I don't mean to try to one-up you here or anything. <laughs> I lived this goddamn movie for seven years. All right. Well, we're going to need a moment to center our chi or something. So we're going to pause for a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into all the trying to fuck a chick with 11 piercings. That is Ember Days. And I said to them, absolutely not. You promised we could use this alleyway all day. Good for you. Hi. Uh, are you Keith? Keith Olson? Uh, you may call me Moonstag. I uh, do not want to do that. Anyway, I'm the camera guy and the, the props guy from Industrial Camera and Props. Where do I put this stuff? Oh, ooh, guys, the weaponry is here. Oh, I'm so excited. These are guns. What? I, I was promised the metal hands of Rapnor. I, I know. That's right. Um, yeah, but your, your order invoice, it says... Effigies of the most deadly weapons man doth wield on the earthly realm. Earthly realm. That's yes. what exactly what it says. Yeah. No, I meant, I meant swords like this one. Ooh, the sun burns light. Right, but that's not. I, I bought it from television. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is what I brought you. So, unless you want to like no, postpone or these shall do. Summon the coven. Away. 
Your very heavy friend fell down. He does that. Oh, wait. Looks pretty bad. Uh, uh. He's he's crying. No, I just knocked <laughs> the wind out of myself. I'm okay. And we're back for the breakdown. And I've got to admit, even just the pre-footage pan flute was giving me commune flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> right? And the obnoxious voiceover oh, of somebody God. trying to do stupid, shitty poetry they just wrote. It's just like, <laughs> the leaves turn from green to gold. The warmth gives way to the front. Like, I better get to fuck this movie at the end of this. This is already exhausting. <laughs> Never get to fuck the movie at the end of this. Never. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah. And as that shitty pseudo-poetry is going on in the background, we see a chick with a sunskirt and she's got a sword and a gun and a Celtic key necklace. And I wrote in my notes, oh, my God, I fucked this chick at some point and probably gave her that necklace. <laughs> See, and I just summed it all up by saying, man, I can't explain how many of this girl we have tried to have sex with as a cast. <laughs> you know how, like, when the how-to heretic guys talk about the Mormon church, you can tell it's really personal and they, like, get it. And it's like, it hits home for them. That's this movie for us. Just be aware. You're touching our tender spots, listeners. We're touching our tender spots. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, so, okay, so she's walking through, and she's apparently monologue. Like, to be honest with you, like, I never listen to the words. I just, it, like, there's some chick talking about how blue-infused sun water centers her or something, you know, or what, <laughs> that, like that. It's just, it's just Charlie Brown's parents in my head. Yeah, you yeah. never have to listen to any of the dialogue in this movie. It's fun. Uh, well, by the way, one other exact quote from this part is, uh, it is unclear whether summer will remain or if winter rises. And is it? I don't, is that ever <laughs> unclear? It is. I mean, if the winter uses Ember Days to take over the Queen's Court, then obviously winter will forever come. Don't be ridiculous, Heath. Everybody okay. knows that. Winter Queen's always trying to usurp the natural I, order. Yeah, so of like course. you did not push back on that. You <laughs> beat you up. <laughs> All right, so then, and, and Heath wrote this as the scene introduction of the notes. There's literally no other way to introduce this uh, this next scene. So we then cut to, quote, two ridiculous people walking through the woods. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yep. Yeah, I had it as your weed dealer's little brother in a neoprene fire jacket and a woman with overgrown pubes from a Rastafarian Muppet on her head. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. The gay burlesque magician mm -hmm. who has the gun and then Predator's pot dealer daughter <laughs> with him. <laughs> See, That's I just them. have couple who wants to have totally normal conversation with you inside the orgy dome at Burning Man. So. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, this dude, like I guarantee close up on my knee length lace up boots was written in his contract, like all work and no play for the shining. <laughs> oh God. Um, also, and they're being hunted, apparently, by bird Xena. Oh, this is amazing. So, yeah, we just described the two ridiculous people that were walking. Mm -hmm. And the movie, after putting them on camera, were like, they were like, all right, well, now, fuck. We need somebody sillier than the gay burlesque magician and the predator's hippie daughter. <sighs> um... What do we do? Okay, uh, hentai. Just let's we'll shout out stuff. Just we'll vampire. Okay, hentai vampire. Got it. Uh, overweight prostitute. A Native American. Uh, there we go. That, oh, great. With an AR fifteen. Do it yeah, and then nailed nice. it. Hentai nailed vampire, it. overweight prostitute, Native American, assault yep. rifle. 
I have this character as steampunk Turk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you're wondering what's going on, keep wondering. But it, it, steampunk Turkey eventually kills the other two ridiculous people and steals their bong. Or their blueprints? Or their it's scroll. Unclear. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tube. They She steals their magic tube. My my only notes on this scene are, I get it. You're tripping in the woods. Someone's hogging the water. You shoot him with an AR-15. <laughs> so, all right. Now we're going to cut into a living room with a guy who lists community theater parts on his resume and his pet talking snake. Because that is all that is on his resume. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, exactly. By the way, this snake will give the best performance of the movie. This snake is so over this fucking movie. <laughs> it's, it's so very clear. Okay, so now this is Hermes, right? And the snake has the spirit of a Zazel in it, apparently. Yeah, the fallen one. Yeah, the scapegoat. And they need to find Azazel, a body that he can take over because he can't hold on to the snake spirit much longer but the fairy kingdom is taking too long. That's where this movie starts, people. That's where, that's the plot that we distilled from what a, what felt like 97 hours of this guy talking to a snake. Oh, I was so proud of myself when I plucked <laughs> that description out of this garbled, angsty teen doing vaguely old-timey dialogue. I stopped and smoked a bowl in celebration. I'm like, ooh, ooh, I get it. <laughs> it's for me. It's for me. Time for a treat. And by the way, I, I want to say right up front, like these these people are not actors and they don't feel like they feel like somebody is taking the role playing game way too seriously and everyone else is uncomfortable. Right. It's closer to yes. that than acting. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I feel attacked by that sentence. Second of all, yes. You really don't appreciate how good a job Michael Caine did in Muppet Christmas Carol until you see these teenagers performing with a snake. <laughs> oh, God, is it me or is this actor trying to suck in his neck fat? Well, at one point, <laughs> he breathes makeup onto his face, right? <laughs> yes. Yep, he's like, it seems like he asked the snake to do it for him because it's a magical snake. And it's just like, okay, uh, can you just. Do my makeup really like I'm in the Mikado um, after work. I'm about like in 20 minutes, I got to go to Hot Topic for my shift. But then yes. I'm in the Mikado after that. So can you set me up for both of those things? Everyone in this movie was 20 minutes away from their shift at Hot Topic. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, yes. And if, to, to further distill the nonsense dialogue of this movie, they need the Winter Queen's help to make him human so they can talk their open-minded lady friend into taking a snake in the cooch. That's what I was expecting, but no, it was so that they can hunt down the Titans. Oh, yep. the Titans. Get ready, everybody. Uh, and one of my favorite moments in this scene is watching the snake move around and fuck <laughs> up their edits because yes. they keep going back and forth because they have to talk to a snake. But it's like the snake's intentionally fucking up their edits. Like, it goes from like a square to a circle as they change angles. It's like smoking a cigarette and a giant <laughs> vape pen just to mess with them. It's the best. Yeah, it's like it's like if you don't want to be on the news, you can always just put a middle finger in front of your face. It fucks up their shot. It's like that. The snake's yes. trying to do that. Imagining all of these guys standing around trying to film the snake side of this dialogue gives me the happies and they just don't go away. <laughs> all right, so now, okay, so Hermes and his snake buddy 
Um, head out to go see the Winter Queen, who is just down the railroad tracks, apparently. By the way, like in terms of art direction, it is impossible to say what they're going for in this movie, right? They're going for set that's available, clothes you had on, plus, you know, part of last year's Halloween costume throughout. Yep. I, I wrote in my notes, so do you want a costume or just what you're wearing? Just what you're wearing. Okay. 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 All right. There you go. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. So he walks down and before he can get to the Winter Queen, he gets stopped on the tracks by two men with paintball guns and last second Mad Max extra costumes. Oh, this is bedazzled armor guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the guys that the guys that stop him are so late. They should like, yeah, he's, for he's you. walking down the tracks. <laughs> And like, we don't see anything. And he just stops and then like looks to either side of him. And he's like, you've stopped me in my tracks. Oh, right. I, no, I, I said, you've stopped me in my tracks <laughs> well, all the way into joint. the frame. Now you guys talk. God damn it. But yeah, we, <laughs> the guys that stop him look absolutely ridiculous. These are demons who have coordinated to have a bedazzler at their demon <laughs> lair. I guess. I so want to know how this came about. How this came about. How this... All right, everybody, settle down. Uh, let's get the meeting going. Uh, I want to hammer out the details on the armor. Uh, Azriel, what, what do you have so far? So I'm thinking lots of leather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm, that's great. And and just to be clear, I'm thinking like super sexual, like fuck dungeon leather, not biker leather. It, just mm -hmm. yeah, um, no, obviously. Right. Okay. Uh, question. Oh yes, Fanglore of the abyss and eternal melancholy. Sorry, what? Fanglore of the abyss and eternal melancholy. Right. Yeah. Oh, you want me to say the whole thing every time? Yes, I would. Okay, sorry, that's on me. Uh, Fanglore of the Abyss of the Eternal Melancholy. Question, yes. Uh, what about shoulder pads? What? What? Uh, I'm thinking we're going to need shoulder pads for our thing. Uh, I don't want to be that guy who shuts an idea down right away. Why do we need shoulder pads? Mm. We, the characters have assault oh. rifles. They do evil magic. Like, we gonna, Are we going to be checking people like hockey in your mind? Well, that actually, now that you've mentioned it, I wouldn't mind a little light checking. See? See? Okay. Uh, noted. I will look into shoulder pads. Right. Uh, how many layers were you thinking for, for the pads? Six. Great, I was thinking yes, six, six. Too. Great, yep, five feels dangerous. Good, awesome, great. Uh, anything else before I order that stuff? Just want to get it all in one order. Get a bedazzler. Bedazzler. I was just bedazzler. Say definitely. A yeah, bedazzler. we're synced up. We seem to be right on the same page. We are demons. Yeah, no, I got. I wrote my notes at this point in this fucking movie. Every prop in this film was purchased with ski ball tickets. If you can't get it with ski ball tickets, they don't have it. Right. They bought it with <laughs> ski ball tickets at an arcade of a guy who no one is surprised turns out to be a pedophile. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, they finally got him, huh? All cool. right. So now we're going to meet the Winter Queen. She suddenly appears behind Hermes and his snake. So close. <laughs> it. Yeah, you can't really understand what she's saying, which, I mean, I could have turned on the subtitles, but honestly, 
it doesn't fucking matter what they're saying. Right. More, most importantly, it doesn't matter what they're saying because the shot is so close to her face, I can see her pores. You like, just want to spackle them. Yeah, my all of my notes are like, please go further back, significantly <laughs> further back they're, from this actress. They're so close that the other guy can't even really get into the shot, but he's supposed to be in the shot. Yeah, so he's yes. doing like really difficult yoga poses. Like he just like slowly drops in upside down like Spider-Man at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And apparently she's she had to bring a body for the snake spirit to go into. So she's found... The only black guy they know. Yep. They made the only black guy they know the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Was interesting choice. Also, <laughs> I loved his mix in terms of uh, wardrobing as well. Um, the the skirt made of a turkey. That one. <laughs> well, going with the Nike muscle shirt. You know, yes. that's the very clearly you will always be able to see the Nike swoosh on this gentleman's shirt. Yeah. Interesting mix. But yeah, she's going to help them on their quest now. So they wander off to a different scene because there's only so many lines each of these people can remember at a time. <laughs> and we get the scene where she's trying to like, okay, so she's trying to talk to the snake. And at one point, she's trying to look it in the eyes. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> the snake does not want to look this woman in the eyes. So she no. starts like twisting around like olive oil at a certain point. It was it was rather fun. Never thought I'd see a snake not buy into a performance. <laughs> <laughs> Mailing it in like Stanley Tucci in the core. Just, yeah, here you go. I'm a snake. I got snake stuff to do. I can't believe I'm going to consume 90 <laughs> minutes of this film. That's all my notes are at this point. It's just like, this is ever fewer minutes of how much of this I have left to consume. So, okay. So now we have the scene where the Winter Queen has to do some hippie magic to turn, to move the spirit from the snake into the black guy. Oh. She dances with some antlers. Mm -hmm. She waves around a feather fan. I just wrote in my notes, Noah, how close to home is this hitting? Mm -hmm. Is this your agent, Emmis? <laughs> <laughs> I noticed she had to take a lot of opportunities to touch her yoga instructor in this scene, though, right? <laughs> but anyway, so she moves the spirit in there by hugging him, rubbing his pectoral muscles, and then crowning him the Knight of Winter. Yes! Now rise and put on your sailing fuck gloves and grab your sword. You are the knight of winter. Go grab this sword that you will never have later in the movie because we only had one sword. <laughs> What's the silliest possible necklace we could put on Satan in this scene? Oh, something from Breakfast at Tiffany's? Perfect. Oh, fucking <laughs> ridiculous. He also gets en enormous cigarette gloves and a, a lot of breakfast at Tiffany's in there, actually. Yeah, yeah, actually. All right, so now we cut to Sunskirt from the first scene. She's walking through the woods some more where she happens by the parking lot of a fish show. Yes! Oh, this was so... You know what, guys? We should just put this in the movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, You can smell this scene. It's the worst smelling scene in a movie we've ever watched. And it starts out with another voiceover. It's just like, they are the satyr, the ancient warrior druids. They live at 
Bonnaroo, apparently. <laughs> yes. They're doing fire poi while I'm saying this. My speech sounds stupid now. <laughs> if you get some bunk molly, they'll give you some real stuff. They'll figure it out. They know everybody there. Yeah, they are the fairy folk of Burning Man. Um, and this is also where we're going to meet. So she is supposed to be a goddess, right? She's Hecate. Yep. And of the crossroads. Of the, of the crossroads, <laughs> Please. yes. Okay, bigot. And she... <laughs> <laughs> and she's in love with the writer, director, and star of the film, white guy with dreadlocks. Jeremiah. <laughs> okay, that is what he is in my notes forever. And I challenge anyone to tell me that this is not our friend if Jeremiah. Jeremiah went dreadlocks, yes, this is Jeremiah. Okay. So, yeah, but 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 because she's an Olympian and he is a forest fawn, she's not allowed to fuck him. Mm -mm. And I would give literally anything to tap out of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is where we have the crowd scene, right? Where we meet Heath's favorite, uh, who I just have as Aaron Ra playing the djembe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> the guy playing the djembe makes me so fucking happy. He's so angry. He's like, watch, just, I watch this over and over. He's just like, fucking blam, 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 blam. Uh, okay, djembe. It's so good. And we're getting another like voiceover about like, they do obnoxious modern dance and they play djembe very as you can see, very badly and angrily, apparently. They are weirdly sexual, but their physical appearances don't justify that at all. <laughs> Here they are. These are the druids of the forest. Well, yes. again, this is this is take nine where, where someone like gave this cast to talking to her and they were like, for the ninth time, guys, you cannot actually fuck. Yes, you can rub your noses together. No, no cunnilingus. This is so simple, guys. It's so simple. We have made eight porns by accident. I just want you to dance around, rub your foreheads together. Thank you. Yeah, no, like, yeah, the dialogue was the, the monologue over the top or whatever was terrible, but it was all worth it for the crowd shots. Oh, and then they're about to end the scene and somebody was like, no, we just, we met the homeless guy who can blow the fireball. With the, <laughs> yes, through the thing. Yes. We got to use that, right? The guy from the dispatch <laughs> show that we just met, he's homeless. What? All right. So now we cut to the set of their community theater where, and they have not even tried to pretend it's something else, right? Like, oh, if the, okay. This is the most ridiculous assortment of unrelated costuming we will get in this entire fucking movie. Oh, it's a, just a sea of ants and dads convinced to put on pirate costumes and S&M <laughs> gear for Tiffany's movie. The fat chick on the right is dressed like Raggedy Ann. Every, everyone is in a different costume from a different period. Keith's favorite was the pirate, right? Yeah. Why would there be a pirate? He's got a picture in it. I have, down, I have this down as a village people assortment of unrelated costuming. Uh, listeners, listen to me. I know I tell you, oh, watch this movie. Watch this. Put this movie on in a party and ignore it. Don't like sit down to watch it because you all get bored and you'll be like, blah, blah, blah. just put it on in the background. And then occasionally someone will be like, hey, what the fuck is that? And you'll just be like, oh, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just what's on Fox News right now. I just turned yes. to Fox News. That's what's on. 
All right, but this is the court of the Summer Queen, and she's concerned she can tell something's up. There's some kind of Act One shenanigans about. Yeah, yeah she's complaining. She's like, why is nobody bringing me crops and heirloom ecstasy that we also grow? <laughs> Why is there a pirate here? Also, is on my list of questions. <laughs> makes no fucking and sense. Raggedy Ann, and yeah. So she says, "I will summon the summer night. Here, take your sword, so that you and our tall black friend can play swords." Now we're expecting a sword fight to come from this, but they only had one sword, and there's no fucking way that Tom was going to let anybody clink another sword against his <laughs> fucking sword because you don't really do that. That just fucks up the blade. <laughs> so Azazel doesn't have a sword and just knees the summer night in the balls four times in a row. It's so good. Okay. So the Winter Queen and her entourage show up at their uh, half-finished basement and they, there's a scene in there where, okay, remember Bird Xena had to grab the scroll or the bong or whatever it was in the first scene? So they have to throw that at the feet of the Summer Queen. But the person who throws it, throws it so aggressively. <laughs> throws it too hard. Ow. Hard, Brian. Ow. Stop. I'm wearing sandals always. I mean, I know I'm never not wearing sandals, including really nice events where I shouldn't wear sandals, but I'm still wearing sandals. Ow. You have thick socks on, though. You should be fine. No. And this, by the way, is the first time that the Winter Queen will uh, attempt to pronounce the, the name Azazel. Now, there are multiple pronunciations of that that are correct. You just gotta gotta stick with one, right? Yeah. And she doesn't hit any of them, by no, the way. She, she, <laughs> no, she doesn't. She, she's not finding like original Latin. She's like, ah, zamba, 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 zaroon. How many Z's do you think is in that word? Just out of curiosity. 11? You're holding up 11 fingers? Oh. <laughs> she probably could handle that. Okay, yeah. So, but, but Azazel fights uh, the summer night. Well, not really. They, they, they. <laughs> They're trying they square to, dance. Yeah, well, yeah, they're trying to do the like the thing from 300 where you're going really slow, but then you're going really fast. But they don't have the cameras to do that. Right. So the guy was just like, slow, slow, <laughs> slow, fast, slow, 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 fast. All right. Yeah, they're trying to do it manually. Like that's yes. supposed to be a camera thing. And they, yeah. <laughs> like you, you guys know that was done in post. Oh, that would make so much more sense. Oh, uh, what's um, post? Yeah. <laughs> so, How do we get there? <laughs> the post office. All right. So Azazel wins, um, and then Hermes shoots the Summer Queen with his "Make you disappear and be in a forest" gun. Yep. Right. And then her, her whole entourage guns down the Summer Queen's village people entourage to violin music okay what here's what's amazing she's like she so they all line everyone up for like a firing squad moment she goes minstrel play me something and he's like uh what kind of music do you want and she says play me something cold and then they shoot everyone but i wanted so badly for the minstrel to be like ah so cold is actually not a descriptor of music <laughs> um Literally any other kind of word would be great. <laughs> Something that has to do with music. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then, of course, there's the whole bit where she, like, fairy dances in front of them as they're shooting. 
you know, because somebody thought that was going to look cool. And she is so much older than anyone who's in this movie should be. Yeah. No, you should not. You shouldn't have to be like, mommy's going to go be in the movie now. (laughs) Enjoy high school. It's not. No, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, this movie would have been a lot more comfortable to watch if everyone in it had been like 19. Absolutely. Hey, look at these dumb 19 year olds. The lock in. Ah, look at them go. Lots of people here were like, I'm sorry, I just have to, I have to go see my mortgage broker and then I'll be there for the court of the winter queen scene. I just got to. Uh, <laughs> they just moved us over to Wells Fargo and they won't set up auto pay without a signature. So, yeah, I will bring the swords and leather fuck doll <laughs> in my minivan, which I own. Yes, because it was a smart choice for all the children I have. So, okay, so now we cut to Sunskirt. Uh, Her and Dreads are in a tent and he's playing Twinkle Twinkle on a liar. Oh, this is amazing. Jeremiah playing the lute for his polycule is what I have in my notes. (laughs) Yeah, so this is the scene where his, some spirit, the spirit of Shemi Haza. Chimichanga. Chimichanga is going to overtake him at this point, which... It took me a long time to figure out that's what was going on because when he starts doing his I'm getting possessed rattle, I realized that they were on a waterbed in a tent. (laughs) I spent a moment on that. They had a waterbed in there? In a tent, yes. Uh This whole set is insane. I know. I guarantee you that this is just a fucking yurt where the goddamn summer queen sleeps. Yep. Yeah. Uh, On the nightstand that they also have in their tent was... An apple? I mean, okay, whatever. Also, a giant ring of wooden skeleton keys. Mm-hmm. Like like he's a janitor for the Keebler elves or something. It's a weird <laughs> thing. An eaten pomegranate? It's just amazing. Okay, so apparently his spirit is being split off so that this actor can take on dual roles. He's that good. And one half of his spirit, the spirit that is the him part is now in the forest with the summer queen who disappeared when she got shot by Hermes. All of these words make sense in context of the movie. But in the (laughs) real world, Hecate's lover has been taken over by Chimichanga, so she holds him at gunpoint and makes him explain. Yeah. Hecate of the crossroads. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bigot. And during this explanation scene where the demon's like, ah, I'm here to get Azazel and that's why I'm playing two parts in this movie. We very clearly see this actress's arm get tired of holding <laughs> the fake gun. Yes. So she like, lo- she might as well rest it on something and be like, I still got him. Don't worry. <laughs> Keeping an eye out. Yeah, but he proves that he's telling the truth through magic touch. Right. And so now the two of them are going to set off on a quest to stop Hermes and Azazel uh, from killing the Titans. Right. But first he has to hide his face, right? He puts on a mask and it has nothing to do with how wonky his teeth are. It just he thought it would be cool <laughs> if his character had a mask. It's It looks like his teeth are all waiting in line at a DMV, but not well. <laughs> You know, like it's spread out and you're like, oh, just could we all just pick a line? But his teeth are like, no, no. (laughs) And it's just a tiny moment. But just as this scene ends, he like puts the sword away. He gets this the the, the fancy sword of the movie uh and he goes to like strap it to his back. But he doesn't have a thing back there. (laughs) So he tries to he doesn't have a hilt. So he just sort of like 
gently lays it across his back and sort of waddles balancing it out of frame. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so we have this scene here, and this is such a weird scene because the two characters that we're looking at are are having a dialogue, but the dialogue is happening off camera at some other time because these two actors couldn't remember their lines and could only read this off of a page. So instead of like watching them have the conversation, we just watch them stand in an alley while a cameraman runs around them until he pukes. Yes. Somewhere <laughs> there is the sound of their friend Brian being like, crazy hey, <laughs> 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 billionaire money. I will just remake this entire movie shot for shot, except with the sound left in for this scene. <laughs> I thought they were going to start spinning around too. Just like, hey, can you guys just turn? I'm, I'm having <laughs> yeah, I've trouble. been doing it for a while. You guys now. go now. Oh, it goes on forever. And then they leave this scene by trying to sprint away, oh, but God. they are really bad at running. So they transition just violently to running away. It's so good. Like the audio clipped just by watching its own movie <laughs> as they tried to like, run away. So meanwhile, back in the Summer Queen fairy forest, the Summer Queen can't decide whether her accent is British or Australian. She sure can't. <laughs> and she has a good deal of cum on her face, does she not? Is that <laughs> it's amazing. So here's the thing. They got this actress for her 50th birthday, some glitter makeup, and she has just slap she sprays it on or and somehow i don't know maybe she just sits under the goop under the bowl and just lets it drop it's not a great look <laughs> <laughs> all right so okay then we cut back to hermes in the winter night they're about to go kill their first titan right except there's a moment right before they go in where the winter night is like hey i don't have to keep wearing this dumbass looking necklace do i for the whole yeah movie? even i a- i'm in this movie and i recognize that this necklace is too silly <laughs> Pretty ridiculous. Uh, give me a hand with this bedazzled leather turkey kilt that I have. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so they go in. They find a mechanic drunk in his shop. That's Hyperion. It's just a oh. fat dude with eye makeup. So many of my <laughs> wife's friends are in this movie. So many of them. <laughs> he's, he's one of those Greek gods who wears a onesie from Dickies that says <laughs> Dickies very clearly in the shot. This guy introduces himself by saying, we used to be gods. And I just wrote in my notes, guy in a button down and eye makeup. We used to be gods. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So they have their used to be gods dialogue. And then they have a gunfight. Now, there is no way that using merely words will be able to give you this gunfight. But it, it's like they're moving underwater and they're using those laser effect guns that people get for kids whose parents they don't like and and they're they're both they're, both guys are pacing it like neither of them wants to get winded and they're moving around like neither of them wants to brush up against anything and get dirty it's oh. amazing it's like they think <laughs> they're doing a photo shoot for the matrix right but we're seeing all of it <laughs> yes <laughs> but they're kids in a fight like it was like shot you no, you didn't. No. Fine. Gunfight. Gun, gun shot. Mom, I shot him. He's pretending he didn't get shot. Like, it's the best. Yeah, because they're just shooting at each other with machine guns from feet away through this whole thing. They just um, keep running around. But, I mean, machine guns or 
pistols well, from Nazi Germany. Herbie's yep. has a pistol from well, two two pistols from Nazi Germany, actually. Yeah, one to you know balance the other one in his other hand, not for shooting. No, one, he, only, he only shoots with one. <laughs> he only shoots the one. The other ones to cross and just balance with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but eventually Azazel wins, and he, then he has this "the pen is blue" moment with his fist. Oh, um, where he's fist. Drawing the power. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So he soaks up the power of his first Titan. Only three to go. Uh, and then we cut to one of their mom's basement where Hakate and Shemi Haza are searching for something. Ken Del Vecchio's basement is where we are. Uh, yes. There's no question this scene began with someone laying out the rules for what we can and cannot do in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I love this moment, too, because this is where they come across. Uh, apparently, Hermes has the giant, like the book of the gods or whatever, the book of the giants. But they couldn't afford an old timey looking book. So it's it's just a large stack. of It's clearly one of their manuscripts. <laughs> right. It's just a large stack of like unbounded paper. <laughs> and what's amazing is this scene is supposed to be Chimichanga, the demon looking over the Nephilim regretfully and, you know, talking about the deaths of his children. But it just comes across as a family member showing you photo albums of one of their son who everybody knows has a meth problem. Just like, okay, there's Oya and Aya. There's there's Alex as a boy. <laughs> he's he's a good kid. What he's happened to good. Alex? Shut up. Shut no. up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Don't, don't. No, he's doing good. He's doing good. I, I think he's got a girlfriend there at the center. Um, <laughs> the, the center. I don't, Shut up! I don't know. They said we shouldn't talk about it. That's what the doctor said. <laughs> oh, and, and by the way, the the adventures in pronouncing Azazel continue into this scene. I just I have to imagine there was one guy on the set who knew the pronunciation. <laughs> I wonder what his day was like. Was like. Okay, and in this scene, Azazel comes in. And it, 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 uh, Keith, I wish you would. Sorry, Moonstag. Yes, Starfawn. Kevin is fine, really. I, I feel for me more comfortable just... calling you Starfawn. Okay, sure. No, that's that's fine. Um, I, I think the name that you were saying before it's pronounced Azazel. Uh pretty sure it's Azazel. Okay, but that's not even what you said like five seconds ago. It's now it's changed. Uh, a fat bitch. Yes, Moonstag. How do you pronounce the name of the fallen one? Uh, sorry, no, just real quick. Your name is Fat Bitch? The mother hind is fierce and her size indicates her dominance, friend. Sure, yeah. Cool, no, so, sorry, so, so anyway, the name of the, the scapegoat, the fallen? Uh, I say Zales. Uh, yeah, just like that, No, that, that's jewelry store. At the mall. Uh, you know what? Never mind. Let's just roll with it. It, does, it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, I love the mall. Me too. I bought my personality there. <laughs> I bet it was like that about a lot yep, of things. I, yep. I bet it was. Of this movie. Okay. So Shimmy Haza draws a symbol, like a, a Chinese symbol or something in blood on his book. Well, he, first he has to like look over his letter opener longingly for a little while. <laughs> Guarantee you this is the knife he uses in his magic or his athame. All right. 
So they leave uh, from there and they come across Hyperion all dead and shit, right? They find out that Hermes and, and Azazel have already been there and taken away his essence. It's the best. Hey, uh, dude, can you breathe a little less obviously in this scene where you're supposed to be dead? <laughs> Literally, no. <laughs> I'm winded from laying here. <laughs> I had to wear my CPAP machine right before they called action. So, <laughs> no. This is also where Shemi Haza uses the dry hump of destiny or whatever to learn that Hyperion was killed by Azazel. And this actor so didn't <laughs> sign up for this. See the, Hyper the Hyperion actor is like, oh, get him off. Get him. Oh, he's on my. Oh, he's leaning on my stomach. Ooh, I'm pooping. I'm pooping. <laughs> All right. We got a track where they went. Did you smell Hyperion? Did like. But like mount him and get right up in there. <laughs> All right, just I'll do it. You're the worst. Your you footprint powers. This your power is you can see footprints. Like we're tra we're tr we're tracking a guy with magical god speed. You have footprint power. All right, I'll sniff him. Jesus, <laughs> I will mount him like a pony and sniff him if Stupid I have to. Stupid higher. Oh, yeah. Okay. But this is where they realize the, what the plot of the movie is, that they're going to try to kill all the Titans and take the Titan powers and bring back the Nephilim. So then Hermes gets back to his mom's basement and he smells that there have been intruders there. Ah, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Someone come in my room. Mom. Mom. <laughs> Did someone come in my room? That's exactly his reaction. Did you touch my drum set? <laughs> Why are you sweating? <laughs> But it's the best. At the beginning of the scene, he walks in and he's like, oh, I'm just going to sit down and much. Nope. Uh, this is a standing line. Uh, <laughs> yes. I was just checking the chair for when I'm done with this sentence that I will begin <laughs> now. Who touched yeah, my drum but, set? Yeah. But so he sees the blood graffiti and he's super pissed. And this is when Azazel realizes that Shemahaza has followed him up from the pit and will be protagonist in the movie. I've just written, I'm kind of like Shakespeare, the writer of this movie. <laughs> like, very clearly, he thought he was writing a Shakespearean dialogue. Yeah. There is no question that he got some stoned 13-year-old and read lines from this movie and was like, guess what Shakespeare play that's from? <laughs> um, you, you wrote it? No. No, yeah. it's from, wait, I wrote it. What? Yes. What did you say? All right, you're so, a bad girlfriend. <laughs> I'm an adult. Out damn spot, out I said. No, okay, you can't just add it right in. <laughs> the, 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 the blood on my book is ridiculous. I'm saying the blood. I'm trying to... It's out damn blood on my book. All right, so, but now here's the thing, though. Uh, the two of them can kick the shit out of some Titans, but they're not going to be able to do it if Hecate and Shimmy Haza are on their uh, tails the whole time. So they have to go get more help from the Winter Queen. So they go to meet up with her at a shitty club where all the pool tables look cummed on and they use fucking black lights anyway. Oh, it is amazing. Yeah. So she tells, okay, an enormous amount of this movie is characters recounting the plot to other characters, right? So we get Hecate and Shemahaza explaining the plot. Then we get Hermes and Azazel going back and explaining that they now know the plot and now we get them explaining it to her, to Winter Queen. For fuck's sake, we get it already. Yeah, all I have for this scene is, so this is like my favorite sushi place, trust me, just get the omakase. Like, don't even <laughs> look at the menu. 
Yeah, but so she tells them, hey, we're going to need you to kill the main characters of the movie, right? And then she says, like, no, I can take care of it. He's like, are you sure? And then she, like, is so pissed about the are you sure that she goes all blurry and echoey. Yes! <laughs> she'll bring the worst fates upon them. And I just wrote in my notes, she'll put them in this movie because that <laughs> is the worst fate. <laughs> are your soldiers good enough, Winter Queen? Um... Look into my blurry face. We are in the winter forest, people. <laughs> Am I not blurry right now? Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> I don't know what that means. To... <laughs> Just go to the next scene. Whatever. Don't be a dick. Fine. Fine. So yes. then we go to a potting wheel where yes, old lady Data is there. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I love this because look. The cast of this movie all got together and they're all in on it, right? They're all like, hey, you guys want to dress like darkness clowns forever? Yes, I do. <laughs> Personalities are hard. But this is just someone's <laughs> pottery teacher, right? This Someone goes to a Monday night pottery class and he was like, yo, would you want to be in my movie? And the pottery teacher was like, oh, hon, that's very sweet of you, but I'm not an actress. And it's like, no, you'd be like, one of the Titans, a creator. And she was like, well, would I be wearing weird gold face and black eye makeup in the scene, except entirely my own normal clothes? That's exactly what you'd be wearing. I'm in. I'm in. I want you to know I'm 100% in, hon. He, he puts on Unchained Melody somehow. and <laughs> Hey, what's happening now? Yeah, we're doing the ghost thing. We're fucking. Yep. So he Hermes comes in. He's here to kill her. This is Rhea. Right. The second Titan. And all I have in my notes is, oh, my God, this is impossible to watch. Kill me now. <laughs> that's that's kind of one of the lines, too. She's like, oh, my God, this is such a just you're killing me right now. I'm out of the movie. Good. <laughs> and they they try to make her death this really sad scene. But he picks her up and splats her on the ground <laughs> yes. with with splat sound effect. Yes. And then and then he's like, sleep now, mother of heaven. And it's like, you can't pile drive someone to like a zoop and then be like, rest and may great angels sing thee to thy sleep. No, you get one of those. Yeah. And when you write that badly, maybe skip the reaction shot with the other actor visibly embarrassed to be standing next to that line. He's just like, ugh, okay. God, are we, yeah, scene. Yeah, there was a lot of visibly embarrassed in this film. And, and now we have that little quick scene where the Winter Queen has to call forth uh, the spirits they're going to kill Shemihaza and Hakate. Yeah, the wild hunt. Yeah. And uh, by the way, the music here, um, I'm guessing it said in the script, Muslim noises. <laughs> yeah. They just had to figure it out from there. Yep. And it's just like, sorry, it just says Muslim noises. You want me to? Yeah, you know what you know what I mean. Like, don't get, get it. it. Get it. <laughs> and, and it's so amazing the difference between what this is and what it's supposed to be, right? Because the wild hunt is like a cool idea for mythology of these like demons that rove constantly on the hunt at the beck of the Winter Queen. And then in the movie, it's just like three fat guys <laughs> with very clearly plastic machine guns. Come on, everybody, let's go. Stop making Alan climb hills. His wife said he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> they will make him climb hills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then she drinks the bowl of blood mm -hmm. at the end. Yep. She's, that's 
seals the spell to get the wild hunt, I Clearly, guess. Obviously. And then, <laughs> then she's got her two guards there. She's like, oh, sorry. Where are my manners? Uh, <laughs> bowl of blood? Bowl of blood? You guys want some? Bowl of blood? Come get your blood, kids. Um, kids? Is, there, is there gluten? Get the fuck out. You're the worst. <laughs> All right, so then we cut back to Dreads and Summer Queen in the woods, literally talking about the weather at this point. Like they had a boredom checklist they were going through. And the actress <laughs> yeah, just this. has all the pain of being in this movie on her face. It is intense. <laughs> the conversation's amazing. It's just like, we've been sitting here for a while. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> do you like cilantro yep already talked about that actually because <laughs> no, some people say it tastes like soap i don't know if you right no I... we, we we said that too because we talked about <laughs> that 20 percent of people think the, it, tastes I, like it soap. doesn't taste like soap to me do you um do you like adam sandler or <laughs> can we just not talk can we just just go you know when you walk around a mall and you see shit and you're like who buys this the cast of this movie. That's who buys this. <laughs> they buy all Next the time you're in a mall. Shit there you go. The mall. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now Hakata and Shemihaza are walking through that exact same alley that they ran through earlier. Every single <laughs> intermediate shot in this movie is in this same alley. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is they live in Alley Town where you get everywhere in this exact same fucking alley. <laughs> so like, normally that would mean it would just be, like, a day of them being like, all right, run down the alley, cut, great, run back, cut, great. But, like, they're stupid, so they probably, like, went back through this alley and, like, did it in, in time. No, they did it in several different weathers, yeah. right? Because, like, at a certain point, winter has to start to fall in their movies. So, yeah, they spent a year running down this alley. <laughs> all right, so, they, okay, then this is where they go and they find that Rhea is dead at her pottery barn. And... They're like, oh, we better hurry much faster to the next Titan or we'll just come across his dead body, too. And this is where they hear the growl of the wild hunt that's coming after them. OK, it's supposed to sound like a growl, but it very literally sounds like someone flushed the toilet while they were searching. <laughs> <It does. laughs> and they start looking up like it's going to come down. Yeah. OK, so they run around and this is the best gunplay, I think, of the entire movie. And that's saying a lot. Because she comes out, she's got two machine guns. She's shooting them like, like a fire hose that got dropped, right? In every direction at once, just spinning for no reason. Gunfire that puts Birdemic to shame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Joe Pesci running out and my cousin Vinny. Yeah, yes. Yeah, at one but point she's very weapon. clearly shooting right at the other dude's head. And they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Keep it. All right, well, I guess nobody should be forced to revisit more than 45 minutes of this movie at a time, so we're going to pause for a quick break. But first, I'm going to give Act 3 the hard sell here. Can they stop Hermes and Azazel before it's too late? Uh, did you say something? Have you ever really looked at a dollar bill, man? Find <laughs> out the answers to other questions and less when we return for the somehow pretentious, despite all the adults playing guns, conclusion of Ember Day. Hey, um, so fat bitch. Sure, yeah. Uh, your name's fat bitch, right? Fat bitch. Um, fat bitch. Uh, I don't want to upset Moon Unit, but it's um, Moonstag. you know it's Moonstad. Yeah, right? right. Moon Moonstag. Sorry, it's just your movie thing is like forty-five minutes long. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. That was your answer, though. That noise you made. Um, that's too short. Too short. Yes. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know how I also filmed you and your uh, my lover, right? The, the older lady. Um, Our souls are timeless. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, I was thinking maybe we could put that in the movie too. You know, just add it in so you could have more time. Mm-hmm. And then the movie would be uh an hour and 20 with credits which is long enough long enough yes well mm-hmm. guy from industrial camera and sounds and music very well let us usurp tradition and onwards towards a new anointment of time we begin our path did is are you saying yes or yes yes just say the word okay And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our heroes, they were rushing off to save Oceanus. But before we can pick up that thread, they had two other friends who wanted to be in the movie. So we're going to open up with a long ass fairy folks getting their war paint on scene. Oh, and you were absolutely right that this scene only exists because she was like, I mean, obviously I'm going to be in the movie, right? Like, I I haven't seen my scene yet. But and he was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) you are the vengeance, Barry, (laughs) (laughs) the fiercest warrior. Yeah. And so it's it's a dude and a chicken. The dude is putting makeup on the chicken. The chick is just saying the plot of the movie. Again, in dumb talk. <laughs> and trying so hard to make kiss happen that was not in the script. <laughs> and she's yes. like several times in a row. She looks like a chicken, just like violently <laughs> jabbing her head closer to this person. <laughs> it's not working out. So good. I got to say, this scene was worth it just to watch. the Because at one point she says, we are the most ferocious warriors. And the guy who's putting on her makeup growls. But he's this fucking granola vegan that cries <laughs> at Christmas commercials. That's a treat I'm going to take to my grave. Him growling was amazing. Okay. I, yep, you're right. We can't do it. Never mind. I take back. I was, I was offended, but it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I also noted, by the way, the failed kiss several times in, in my notes. They, they Eventually, she winds up doing like the forehead thing like a cat does to a coffee table leg. <laughs> to him and she ends the scene by going I've chosen a few of you and there's very clearly one guy there I mean one we ran out of extras one of you yeah we went crazy in the summer scene should have saved our pirates we blew our load early stupid (laughs) where's Raggedy Ann and the pirate when you need them (laughs) right but they're gonna fight against the wild hunt that's what's happening here Mm -hmm. and she's like "All right, so we're gonna do it we're going we're gonna to beat the wild hunt. Uh, historically, everyone dies every time they do this, but end of sentence. <laughs> yeah, but... Let's go. Let's rub our foreheads together. All right. So now Azazel and Hermes are going to kill somebody else, but Hermes can feel Hecate's eye upon him. And he's like, oh, oh there's a big action sequence coming up. I can sort of sense it from the music. <laughs> What if the drama club puts on a renaissance fair this year with our parents instead of us? <laughs> this movie. <laughs> also, there's this amazing moment where he's he's going to have a big fight with Akate, so Azazel needs to leave, and he's like, Oceanus will be at the docks because 
you know, Ocean. Oh, he's Ocean. writing his you, name. You, you, go, <laughs> you go fight him. That is very clearly someone's unhappy dad. So oh, and, and by the way, if you expected that that would later mean that they'd go to docks to do some filming. No, no, no. <laughs> he's just going to yeah. say it. <laughs> but OK, but before we can get to that, a gun, he, Azazel leaves and then a gunfight breaks out between Hakate and Shimahaza and Hermes and a bunch of characters that haven't been in the movie up until now. <laughs> and this is my favorite part of the movie because this is the Matrix lean. Yep. <laughs> so both of these actors do several Matrix leans but they don't know that the thing that was impressive about the Matrix lean was that it was impossible. So they're just like, like very slowly because their chiropractor was like, be easy on your back. And he was like, don't worry. It looks like, you know, after the record, you stand up out of your chair and you stretch back. They basically do that. Yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, if they both have bullet dodging skills, why the fuck are they both shooting at each other? <laughs> they also have getting shot in the face and not dying skills. So just gunfight <laughs> seems silly all yes. around. Yeah. Oh, and this is where the big reveal happens, right? Because she's like, you're trying to raise the Nephilim and that's a bad thing. And he's like, no, no, because you are pregnant with the f fucking dreadlock guy's kid and that'll make a Nephilim too. So there. <laughs> I know you fucked a black guy. Cut, cut. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you fucked a druid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, he ends this by going, your hypocrisy disgusts me. And that is my new yell, by the way. Okay. Whenever I'm mad at someone, your hypocrisy disgusts me. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> you, you needed a catchphrase. You've Thank been doing you. that for a while. All right. And so now their accountant is here. He agreed to be Oceanus <laughs> as long as he didn't have to stand up. Oh, this guy is phenomenal. Yeah, this is clearly the rich friend who paid for the costumes and was like, you have to let me be in the movie a little bit. So, and, and I so get to use my helmet, too, because I brought I got. <laughs> Some Magic the Gathering stuff and then came with a helmet and I would like to use that. <laughs> it doesn't fit me, but shot. I'll set doesn't it right fit. beside me. <laughs> I can put it on like the top of my head, but maybe I just hold it. <laughs> set it next to you, man. Set it next to you. <laughs> and he he takes this movie as seriously as I do. Like his gunfighting. <laughs> oh, it's like when you bring your dad's dad to paintball. He's just like slowly climbing some stairs. All right. I'm the, <laughs> I'll take some shots at you when I get up here. Let's give me a second. No railings. How did I get away with that? <laughs> I guess, I guess you, you signed a waiver. So <laughs> I love from the very beginning of the scene. It's just so stupid. Like Azazel walks up to him and he's like, cool. So your God helmet. Great. Um, and he's like, I am Oceanus. Welcome to my cement thing. Area, <laughs> and then he he points at Azazel, and he's like, "And who defends me? Pump fake pointing at myself now. <laughs> from what's happening right now? Are we gonna fight? Gunfight? Okay, go, go. And just to, okay, so my wife actually came in while this scene was on because I had sent her a text that says, "Please come upstairs and save me from this goddamn movie." And she comes up right as this scene is happening, and I pause it. And you can see the thing that's on his face. They've painted like a symbol on his face, but it's a symbol that has like four ocean waves on it. 
and one of them is way smaller than the other. So it's obvious that they've completely fucked it up and just rolled with it. <laughs> I pointed to that. I pointed that to my wife and I said, this perfectly encapsulates this film. Yep. It's all you need. This still image tells you everything you need to know about this movie. Yeah. Every, every still image of this movie tells you everything you need to know about this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so then, like, so they have a long conversation, Azazel and Oceanus, where Azazel sums up the plot up to this point. Yep. And, and then Oceanus starts shooting at Azazel, but Azazel has Wonder Woman bracelets. Yes! <laughs> but they're so badly timed. It's like, pow, 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 pow. And you see the Capoeira instructor be like, Oh, yeah, sorry. Ting, block, ting, block. Ting, <laughs> ting, ting. If he had said ting, ting, it wouldn't have been more ridiculous, right? Like, we, yeah, absolutely. That's where we were. So we cut back and forth between their gunfight and the gunfight between Hakata and Her uh, Hermes for a little while. But ultimately, Azazel kills Oceanus and takes his Titan powers too. And Oceanus dies at a weird angle. So you see the Capoeira instructor be like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta tag him, right? So, uh, sorry, let me just get up on this. Actually, like <laughs> yeah. this. I, okay, and there we go. Gotcha. Okay, got your powers. Over, well, you know what? I, if he gets close, he can get their powers. How about if he just gets close, he can get their? Because he's face down, and I don't want to weird flip him. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, but Hakate and Shamahase realize that they failed. Oceanus is dead. So now there's only one Titan left. They all have to like race to go find Kronos. Who's cleverly disguised as a junkie. Yes. <laughs> uh, question. Do you guys think they put that in the movie just because their friend had a bunch of heroin needles around his apartment and they were like, we can work with this. We can work with this. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> your mom was just showing us your photo albums. I don't know. Yeah. If you, uh, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. There's no reason to make him a junkie. They just decide that. And Hakate is his heroin dealer. Right. Yes. Yep. So at this point, I was rooting for like a cop's ending where they're going to have like <laughs> a heroin themed final battle. And then like Picate's handcuffed on a curb, just <laughs> no shirt, yelling at Nick slurs <laughs> for no reason. What happened? Know. Here's what happened. What happened was <laughs> here's what happened. So, all right. So meanwhile, Dreads is still in the forest with the summer queen. And I just realized in this scene that this guy had been wearing a kilt the whole time. <laughs> didn't didn't think I could take this movie less seriously. But yeah, this is where the fairy folk uh, show up to help them that, that are going to fight the wild hunt. Yeah, and the, the fairy queen, it's so amazing because the summer queen is like, you go without me. And they're like, no, we got a whole action chase. She was like, I'm not doing that shit. All right. <laughs> I, am a, I am the drama teacher at the local high school. I'm going through a bad divorce. I am not running in these heels. And they're like, okay, you um, you go to back to the fairy. Turn into court. fairy dust and then you dreads go. will carry you. Okay. All right. That I can do. <laughs> Yeah, so she turns herself into light and gives herself to dreadlocks. And they're like, here, take this gun. And they hand it to him in the same hand that he just put her essence in. So there's this <laughs> weird moment where he's like, should I put her in my pocket? Because I'm wearing a kilt. There's no pockets in this thing. I don't really. Should I go Space work. Left? Space work. I, I, okay. <laughs> I move the essence of the fairy queen to my right hand. I hold it aloft. Then I take the gun. But now, I have, now I'm stuck here. Yeah. We're going to wonder what I'm doing. <laughs> 
Can I get pants instead of the kilt with like <laughs> legs? Cargo pants would be cargo great. Cargo shorts? Be, Can I get some cargo shorts? would be great at this point. You know, like a war with demons type scenario. I feel I like mean, shoes, pants, I don't know. <laughs> it's like you can't argue that cargo shorts wouldn't fit into the aesthetic of this film, guys. All right. So now we go to Kronos in his heroin apartment. A thousand bucks says this was the easiest set for them to find. <laughs> Literally, and again, because they have to sum up the movie, she literally like hands him some crack, and she's like, "So, uh, here's what's happening in the movie." Yep. Uh, and the only reason I mention this is the entire time she's doing this very dramatic, we're being attacked by demons monologue. There's a bottle of Dayquil in the foreground of the shot. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, "Okay, great, thanks. Pass me the uh, heroin flute. Cool. <laughs> uh, I own a heroin flute." Um, all my extra money, besides, you know, for obviously heroin, it goes to buying a flute, first of all, to smoke out of. Um, also, incense, black makeup, um, and my large collection of deerskin leather ponchos that well, I, I wear all at the same time. <laughs> and Dayquil, also. <laughs> yeah, he's got this stainless steel heroin pipe, I guess. <laughs> And at one point, she goes like, uh, you got to take this seriously, Kronos. Azazel is going to resurrect the Nephilim. He's like, I'm not worried. There's no fucking way you guys have the budget for that. So. <laughs> he could not care less. I mean, like, neither could I. The plot of this whole movie, it's like a a dream about somebody else's office politics. And I'm <laughs> being told what's happening. He, no, she didn't say that to you. Crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Pass the you heroin. And your you Great. and your friends are so hilarious. You are. <laughs> Clever what, what Kathy said. Not Kathy. Okay, I don't... <laughs> Never use names. Never use names, amateur. <laughs> she, she, she. They, they. Damn it. So, <laughs> Makate of the Crossroads. Sorry. Big, bigot. <laughs> yeah, so they're trying to convince Kronos that he needs to leave, and he's like, no... We've got to wrap this up eventually. I feel like I'm here for final battle. I'm like the only guy as tall as the black dude. So I feel like I'm the final battle. <laughs> and he actually says, I'm not going anywhere. I will stand here and fight. Well, sit here and smoke heroin. I'm sitting as I said that. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm and not going to do anything somewhere else. somewhere else to fight. <laughs> right after he has his I'm not going anywhere thing, they all leave together. What the fuck were you thinking, people? All right. So then we have to cut back to the Winter Queen. She's in the forest now with her minions. And, and like, they're going to fight them. We get another gunfight. And I only bring it up because this is where we get to see Bird Xena faking recoil. And that's better than an orgasm. I mean, I've had a lot of orgasms. <laughs> I've never had one as good as Bird Xena faking recoil. Oh, it's so good. And there's also, like, this is where the wild hunt is there. So they pull out all the extras that they <laughs> sold pot to that week. And there's a woman who is literally just in a party dress. Yeah. Like, she's just in a red party dress. And they're like, what? We said, like, like the way we dress. And she was like, I don't know. You dress fancy something. <laughs> I buy from you. You say I be in movie. I don't know. This had this most is... cum on it. That's what you said at the beginning. <laughs> Whatever had the most cum. This has presidential cum. <laughs> I got married three times in this dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, and I love your uh, subtitle note here, Eli. 
Oh my, this is true. So the subtitles for this movie are amazing because the guy at Amazon killed himself and left these as his note. And <laughs> when the winter queen screams, the subtitle is piercing battle cry. And uh, I can confirm that is not piercing. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So, and then we cut to, as Heath has so appropriately annotated here, the silliest line of humans possible. <laughs> so for clarity, this is supposed to be like, turn the corner and see the bad guy, like the Persians all waiting there for mm -hmm. you. But it's what if I made everyone I bullied in high school playing paintball and turn it into a movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now it's time for them to try to kill Kronos, but Kronos is bulletproof and armed only with mean growls. The plan here seems to be that Jeremiah dances around Chrono shooting and he stands there getting shot. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he kicks his he kicks ass all the way through the line, though. Kronos beats all of the minions and then he finally gets to Azazel. Now, before we can have that fight and end this fucking stupid ass movie, we go back to the forest where the good guys are fighting bad guys in the woods as they run through the smoke machine that Larry's dad uses for Halloween but doesn't need this month. Oh, my my note here is just we get it, Forrest, you vape. <laughs> uh, and all my notes here are just about the cast. It's like, how do guns fire? Like muskets or machine guns? Put in both. <laughs> and, uh, one girl just straight up wore her Halloween costume. I bet she belly dances. I bet she tells you about belly dancing more than she actually belly dances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her costume included uh, goggles, yeah, by mm -hmm. the way, also. not, But not like, wear. I'm not going to wear the goggles, but I no, will. I'm going to just pull them up. Accessorize with the goggles. Swim later or <laughs> work with power tools grinding a stone. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, this is another fight And this is another great subtitle moment <laughs> The subtitle says Blows landing And nope no, we are not. <laughs> He's like We know, we're watching the movie It's just clumsy hippies Mostly hitting themselves at best <laughs> Alright, but now it's time for Hakate and Hermes to have their Final shootout they, they, they meet each other where he's at the top of the stairs And She's at the bottom of the stairs because they thought that was artsy. And it's great because they couldn't quite figure out how to zoom the camera for the shot for him at the top of the stairs. So it's just like he's a little blurry. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure that during, so they, they talk for a really fucking long time. They have their so long, painful goddamn dialogue. And then they start playing guns because the filmmakers apparently thought adults playing guns would pretty much go all the way. At one point, I'm pretty sure she actually just punches this actor in the face. Yes, you can see because they cut away really fast. Yes. And in the next scene, he's got different makeup and he looks mad. <laughs> I, honestly, I just wanted this movie to reach its natural silliness conclusion for them just to be standing Pointing guns directly at each other, firing, but not reacting. No, you're dead. No, you're dead. You're got now, though. Okay, one, two, three, now, now, now. I got you. I got you first in the Mom, meantime. who said now first? Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Let your brother shoot you. This is another one of those non-Euclidean fight scenes. Absolutely. <laughs> Double team with Van Damme was the best. This is a close second, though. This is... 
Oh, pretty great. But eventually, though, she takes care of Hermes by using that appear behind you power we didn't know she had until she used it to kill Hermes. Classic Chekhov's banana weasel. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now the movie isn't over yet. Uh, We go back to the forest. Um, Dreads is still trying to make it out with the Summer Queen's fairy sprinkle essence. Right. Uh, So we need 97 shots of his bare feet. Oh, like. At this point, Quentin Tarantino would have been like, hey, a little too much, a little too much foot. Well, okay, Guys. but so now it's snowing, though, because the Winter Queen is winning. It's snowing in the summer forest. So we have this guy running around in his kilt and his bare feet in the snow. Because, again, <laughs> he didn't want the dreadlocks to be the worst decision he'd ever made. And he's, by the way, he's not hiding it well. He's like, ooch, ooch, Do we get it? Oh, absolutely. Ooch, ooch, And now it's time for the empty warehouse conclusion. And there is no question that this is how this warehouse got rented. My dad says we can use his auto shop for the last scene. He's like (laughs) even going to move all the cars and stuff. I thought you hated your dad. I mean, I do, but this is cool. (laughs) It lets me use a little bit of the space for my Etsy riddling (laughs) warehouse business. Yeah. So, yeah, they, no, yeah. So they're in a big garage. This is where uh, Hecate, after killing Hermes, meets back up with Shimihaza. Now, Shimihaza is dying now because Dreadlocks is dying in the forest. Isn't there, I think, no idea. Oh. I have no idea why. I just wanted the characters to be like, okay, time out. Um, serious time out. For $1,000, which team are you on? Which team am I on? I have no idea. <laughs> Oh, uh, that is faster than the summer sun. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and we cut, we're cutting back and forth between them talking and Dred's getting his ass whooped in the snow. They also have that weird, like they're trying to go for blood splatter on the camera, but they just have raspberry on a piece of glass. Anna was watching me at this point. She goes, oh, it's like a video game, except they don't realize that that's supposed to be first person when you do it in a video game. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. So Hakate is trying to nurse Shemihasa back to health, but he tells her about all the snowy forest shit. And he says, hey, look, I actually have to go to heaven now and fight Azazel in the big main battle, which will happen off screen. Yes. Okay. Look. (laughs) This movie was glorious. It is glorious. I loved a lot about it. It was badly done. It's people trying as hard as they want. They're not self-aware. But when the final battle takes place off screen (laughs) with the only thing we see is the actress reacting to the battle, like it was literally the South Park scene. Oh my gosh, this is the most amazing battle I've ever seen. (laughs) I wish I had a camera. Yes, exactly. It was so ridiculous. He goes, I'm going to have to go to heaven. But because you're pregnant with the baby of the guy whose body I possess, you'll be able to see the battle. The audience, though, is not pregnant with the baby of the person that I possessed. So she just listens to the main battle. They do the podcast version of a sword fight. (laughs) By the way, Heath and I are fighting right now. You guys don't know, but yeah, Heath and I are having a so huge having battle. They're, they're, uh, he's, <laughs> Heath just did one of those wall run things. Yeah, Pretty exactly. awesome. 
throwing his shit in the shape of a razor blade. It's pretty cool. If any of you have a druid fetus inside of you, just look through his eyes and you'll be able to see this amazing fight. Trust me, you are getting it. Oh, God, that was so amazing. I had to go downstairs, tell my wife about it, smoke another bowl. I mean, this movie took a lot of bowls. All right. So then she's outside. She sees a comet falling down. It's dreadlocks. He's back from the main off-screen battle. And he's going to describe the battle to her. Yes. He literally is like, oh, that was epic. Let me tell you. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry you missed it. They have multiple swords up in heaven. Confusing what happened. I did win the fight. You literally just watched me fall out of the sky. Um, that's that's what happens at the end no matter what. So you, I did win. Zeus just hits a button for a trap door and you fall from One the guy winds up on Earth. The other guy in a Rancor pit. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. So, But he's like, I promised I would give you back the spirit of your uh, beloved before I died. He's dying, but I'll let you talk to him for a minute real quick so he can have a dramatic death speech. Okay. So this this is not my favorite moment of the movie. The Matrix lean is my favorite moment of the movie. But in order to signify that he's Brand, the satyr again, and not Chimichanga, they ha- they draw the leaves back on his face. Except for this final scene, they have very clearly drawn a penis <laughs> on his face. <laughs> on his cheek. <laughs> so he delivers the entire death monologue as, did, did someone draw it? A dick on my face? No. (laughs) It's a leaf. Don't worry about it. Trust me. And also, like, I know he's supposed to be dying, but the way it plays is she's like, I'm pregnant with your child. And he's like, I've got to go and never see you again now. Um, Yeah. But he says, he's like, I'll watch over our kid in my death. And she's like, you know, you were useless in all the fighting scenes. So, you know, maybe I just take care of the kid. I got it. You're fine. You're fine. You know, did you like those enchiladas I made for everyone? Yeah, no, those were good. I was cool about your boyfriend. Yeah, you are cool about my boyfriends. Sorry, did you add an S there? Oh, you're dying. So dying. Yeah, so then he disappears to death. And now we cut to that very first scene of her in the sunskirt from the beginning of the movie. And basically she comes out and she's like, Oh, I promise we totally have an idea for a sequel for this movie. Like we're this is not a one off. We're gonna we're gonna totally we got a sequel. Oh you're probably still confused about this plot. Let me say the plot one more time in the final (laughs) scene. Uh, everybody was the bad guy except me. (laughs) It's so like the movie had a concession statement. It was like the plot was nonsense at many points, but the Preponderance of evidence tells me it's <laughs> the last thing I said. It was everyone bad guy except me. And then we get to my favorite part of the film, the credits. Yes! Everyone <laughs> has 100% the names I thought they would. Black guy who played Azazel, first name, Raw. Yes! The, the additional costuming, well, that's credited to Shadow Wolfwood. Literally, Shadow Wolfwood. There's a credit for Sherpa. That's not a guy's name. They had a Sherpa and they had to credit him. Wardrobe is Anastasia. One name, like Sting. And then at the very end, there's a special thanks to Grandmother Spider. I cried with laughter for such a long time when I saw that. 
<laughs> like like a solid 10 minutes of weeping with laughter at a special thanks to grandmother spider <laughs> i watched these credits like three damn times hoping to find more of those names and every time i did okay so yeah that's it for the movie but the obvious question to close things off what the fuck were they smoking I mean, what? I, let's let's limit it down. What weren't they smoking? Heroines in the plot and in real life, and in a flute. I, yeah, I think maybe. Honestly, I think at a certain point it was nothing. I think we were seeing withdrawal. I think they again yeah. they ran out of money, and we were watching withdrawal from several drugs. Yeah, no, Act Two and Three definitely had a, a withdrawal feel. All right, so that's going to do it for our review of Ember Days. It's not going to do it for the episode just yet, though, because we still need to do this again, apparently. So, Eli, tell us. What's on deck? Well, December is upon us next week, which means it's time for the beginning of our Christmas Tacular. It's my Christmas Tacular. And we're starting out Everything. with the last straw. All right. Well, I feel like I feel like you using Tacular has brought that upon us early. <laughs> we'll have to wait till next week for that. But with that to look forward to, we will bring episode 171 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or Cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick with Evil Drafts on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. In the sequel, Hakate of the Crossroads gave birth to one of the Nephilim, and it went on to have an epic battle for world domination with Ken Del Vecchio's gigantic baby, <laughs> Andrew Torres. <laughs> that acid turned out to be bug. <laughs> the entire cast of this movie told Eli what a great friend he is. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Morgan. Happy Thanksgiving, Morgan. Hey, you know what I'd like for Christmas, guys? To what? never have to watch anything at all like this again. <laughs> this was so goddamn painful. I like it. It, it just it, like there was a point in this movie where I was just like, you know what? I don't want the hand job. Just shut up. <laughs> I've changed my mind. I don't want to watch you dance naked around this fire anymore. If you're going to keep talking about that. We found our limits. We found uh, our limits for this content. This is my limit, man. This is this <laughs> is where I draw the fucking line. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.